That was a bit weird before, that Aaron, escorting us over here like a blooming bodyguard. Do you think we should have asked him to join us? No, I do not. Listen, just because I'm not drinking doesn't mean you can't have a beer on. Oh, no, I'm fine with this. Are you not a big drinker? No. That's Gail you're confusing me with. Gail? Oof. The amount of times I've had to drag her out of the Rovers, kicking, screaming, shouting, swearing, starting fights, you name it. to episode 108 of the Talk of the Street, an unofficial Coronation Street catch-up podcast that hasn't run a new intro since everything fell to bits. Last week, I'm Gavin. And I'm Ugh. You're Ugh? Ugh. How are you spelling that? Ugh. E-C-K? With like an umlaut over something? Ah, it feels there should be something over something, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, this is our second attempt at episode 108 <laughs> after our failed, failed in misery last week. Yeah, I, uh... Had gone camping and uh, got home and somehow got a double ear infection. Right. So I'm and I'm still on antibiotics for that. So that's why I'm. Eh. This was coupled with uh, me needing to get to the airport to rent a car. Right. Before it shot. Right, and I had and to it, go to the. Um, <laughs> and then we were having technical issues. Problems. Which gave you an excuse to buy a new microphone. To buy two hundred dollars worth of new, <laughs> <laughs> new microphones, but I got them for one sixty, so that's a win for me. That is a win for you. So if you're noticing that kind of fuller sound, hmm. dear listener, fool. This is coming from the Shure SM fifty-eight billowy dynamic microphone, industry standard. If, you, if you see a microphone on a stage, it's typically a Shure SM fifty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I love Bankit. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> I was so excited when the boxes arrived and they looked quite... <clears throat> they just looked nice and fancy. Right. <laughs> I'm easily pleased. Hmm. How are you I, this week? Unfortunately, I wasn't able to find any any bronzed kit <laughs> for you for eight year anniversary, which is coming up. Yeah, we're coming up for eight years married. And you just passed eight years of being... Of living, living in America. Right. <laughs> I was telling a story on Facebook. I don't know if anybody saw it. Probably not. That 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 flight, that one-way ticket from Edinburgh to to Boston. On that flight, the minute that it took off, mm-hmm. uh, the engine I could see from my window seat started to make a funny noise. It looked okay, uh-huh. and as far as it wasn't on fire, <laughs> but it was making this weird kind of droning noise, and everybody kind of heard it, and even the cabin crew were kind of looking kind of suspiciously at it, and mm. and that's when you notice that something's up. It's when the cabin crew kind of look, because a, a lion could be prowling through the, the cabin, and the cabin crew would look like this is the most natural thing in the world. This happens all the time. There's nothing to worry about. Absolutely. <clears throat> But this noise seemed to be giving them some concern. And it goes on for like 10 minutes. And we all just look forward to pretend this isn't happening. And I'm thinking, fucking hell, this is the flight that's going to kill me. 
I've been back and forth over the Atlantic 20 times, but this this time, <laughs> the, the, the one time that's a one-way ticket, this is the time that it's going to kill me. It will really be one way. Oh, right. <laughs> Straight to hell. Oi! And, <laughs> so, like, 10 minutes in, we're still climbing, it's still making that noise. And then the captain comes over the PA and says, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, uh, I have to apologise that uh, we've noticed that we've got a problem with the... And then he didn't say anything. And they just let that hang. And everyone, what? And everyone's looking up at the speaker. Okay. Thinking, what? <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't finish a sentence like that. And it felt like it went on for minutes. Mm-hmm. And then he said, the in-flight entertainment system. Uh, what? Uh, we're going to have to reboot it. Apologies for the inconvenience. What? So he rebooted everybody's TV screens. I figured everything must be okay then. Uh-huh. Did the sound go away? No, I watched <laughs> I watched 21 Jump Street twice. That noise went on for seven hours. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that didn't come up in the rotation. You love that movie. It's kind of not for kids, though. It's not really a kids movie, no. No. Then again, neither was Stripes. <laughs> again, I didn't know there was so much uh, tits and floof and, and Stripes. I watched that with my parents, I'm sure. <laughs> It was the 80s. Yeah, everything was fine in the 80s. <laughs> I, I think they must have cut it out. It must have been a TV cut. Because I certainly don't remember all the floofs. Although... Because I would remember that. You do get lots of boobs on British TV, mm-hmm. I found out. Yeah, they're not nearly as puritanical as they are over here. No. Nowhere near it. <laughs> so, how were you this week? Well, I had, a, I had a double ear infection. Well, that was last week. Well, it started... Last, it started a week ago today, so it's been this week that I've been medicating mm-hmm. and getting better. I do feel, but I'm not nearly as 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 dizzy. So, but I still have a buttload of antibiotics still to take. Really, because it's only just a week, isn't it? Yeah, they mm. must have given me more than I needed, <laughs> which is fine. In in days like this, it's fine. Right, you can't right. get enough of those antibiotics. Right. Not that they All help with stuff. viruses, because they don't, but still. There's still lots of bacteria out there trying to kill me. Right. <laughs> and kill us all. And in the meantime, we're kid-free for a couple of months. Yes, we are. Our rated movies, y'all. Woohoo! We've already watched Parasite, which I hated. I know, you... <laughs> <laughs> I think our expectations were far too high. Mm-hmm. I did not hate it. I don't think it was a good story. I don't think it, I don't think the ending was good. It kind of ruined it for me. I I thought it should have ended with Mr. Kim walking down the stairs, and everything that came after that was superfluous and not needed. Well, you say that funny. What superfluous? Mm-hmm. How would you say it? Superfluous. Superfluous. That sounds superfluous. My tongue can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an American. I think Americans say it's superfluous I as well. Know. Anyway. Anyway. So we watched that and we watched we watched the first two episodes of Succession, which I yes. quite enjoyed. Yes. We really should have jumped on the Succession boat long time ago. But I think when it first started, I was like, ah, another show about rich white people. Do I really want to watch this? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, as, as time went on, everybody's like, oh, man, it's so good. You should really watch it. But I was watching other stuff and, and stuff. I have watched 
both seasons of since the kids have left i've watched both seasons of um the politician which i quite enjoy because i i love uh ben platt i watched all of um shrill and all of pen 15 so all the lady shows i did not like that pen 15 for what saw of it i did not enjoy it yeah I don't think it's really for you. No, I don't think so. Anyway, it's good to be back doing our podcast on a Saturday morning. Yes. As normal. Yes. Shall we dive in, my dear? Yes, please. No. See, I've forgotten how to do this already. (laughs) Shall we preamble, my dear? Yes, please. Uh, Give me that summer Corrie news. Pride Month news. Show newcomer Kimberly Hart Simpson... Daniel's sex worker friend, Nikki, has come out as bisexual. Thanks for putting the B in LGBTQI, Kimberly. She also revealed that she's been auditioning for the show for 10 years. Holy shit. Before she got a fart. Wow. So she was really dedicated to getting on Coronation Street as as, um, kind of for her father, who loved the show, apparently. So good for you. There are other um, gay and bisexual character or actors on the show, of course. Uh, Daisy, who plays Gemma, is bisexual. She wrote a lovely, they did a lovely write-up in uh, Metro um, interviewing different LGBTQI uh, people in soaps. And Daisy was the only one from Coronation Street, which I thought was a bit odd. But... Well, maybe just the only one that they that they spoke to. Right. You'd think they would have spoken to more since <laughs> there are others. Anyway. Maureen Lipman has voiced complaints on how the show is softening up her character, Evelyn, saying on Good Morning Britain that while Evelyn is showing a whole new side, quote, I like the old side personally. <laughs> I agree. Bring back Evil Gran. She also let slip that she and the rest of the wrinklies her words, not mine, will be back to filming in September. So that's when we will get Ken and Audrey and Rita and Evelyn and Roy, etc. back on the show. I, I hope I haven't forgotten an old person. Oh, well, you probably have. <laughs> that bird is twittering quite loudly, isn't it? That's fine. Finally, sad news. As Brooke Vincent, our Sophie, and her boyfriend, Keen Bryan, announced this week that his mum has sadly died. Oh, dear. The couple have an eight-month-old son named Mex. Mex? Mex. (laughs) M-E-X-X. That's the sound of Gav rolling his eyes. (laughs) Unfortunately, I could not find the name of his mother or how old she was. But he's only 23, so I imagine she was quite young. Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, and and I couldn't find what she died of either. Not that that's any of our business, but, you know. Yeah, that's something that's story. Essentially, every article I read about it was essentially the same article over and over and over again. People were just copying and pasting from his Instagram. Right. So, And in his Instagram post, he just says, Mum. He doesn't call her by her name. Which is normal. Normal, yeah. Well, that's a shame. And that's Corey News. That's Corey News. Our mailbag 
New Zealand. John got in touch. Hi, guys. He said, enjoying the podcast each week. I love New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> You're both doing a great job. I have to agree that three episodes a week is better than six. It was three for years. In fact, when I started, it was just two episodes a week, which is what it was when I started watching it. Ooh. Monday and a Wednesday at 7.30. Uh, there's always been plenty of footage on YouTube if you get withdrawal symptoms. Here's a clip with many of the past greats, including my all-time favourite character, Fred G. And he gave us a little link to a YouTube click that I... YouTube link that I will endeavour to remember to post on our Twitter. Regarding uh, Tim's dad and the spy cam footage, we saw him select and delete a block of files, but did he actually empty the recycle bin? Ooh, interesting. I don't think he did, as Tim came in at that moment and right. disturbed him, that's right. Ooh. So maybe now that... Well, we will talk about this, I guess. Now that Faye's moved in, maybe she'll find a reason to mm. use her granddad's laptop. Yeah. Fortunately, we saw... Neither hide nor hair of him this week. Right. Yeah. Then Jamie from Nashville wrote in, Hello, talk of the street. The one star rate that you got is rubbish. Anyone who doesn't enjoy your keen observations and witty banter. Witty banter. Witty banter. Not this week. (laughs) Doesn't deserve your podcast. I will put my two cents on my podcast portal. Finally, I'm a 10-year-old at heart, so thank you for leaving the toot incident in the last podcast. (laughs) I got a much-needed belly laugh out of that. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you two brighten up people's days with your Corey coverage Keep up the great work Thank you very much for that Jamie's not much appreciated mm. And we deliberated long and hard over whether we should keep that farting or not And we didn't know it was audible I suspected it was <laughs> You said it. You said you were sure it wasn't No, I thought it did pick it up <laughs> It's like, I don't think it picked it up Do you want to keep that in? And I was like, eh, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> and then Chris, yes, that one got in touch. Loving how quickly Scottish Vicky has become part of the talk of the street lingo and folklore alongside Tim's fucking dad, but not like that. Who doesn't work at the factory, etc., etc. When she arrived, I wondered if Scottish Irish Tina would work in an, in an amusingly <laughs> clumsy manner, but instead I do like that we're always going to be one character behind, and I'm looking forward to Welsh Chelsea walking up <laughs> in 2021. <laughs> Thank you for that, Chris. And now, this. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Last Year Tonight with me, John Oliver. <laughs> Just enough time to quickly talk about pimped up horses. It was, was uh, um, tiny, mm-hmm. yes. Dressed like a unicorn for a party. Well, this was actually Steve's birthday, and Amy got him a card that had a unicorn that was pooping out rainbows. Oh, that's right. But that's where he got the idea. And Tracy says, I don't see what this, the point of unicorns is. They're all just pimped up horses. That's what she said. Yes. I was Gavin, and you were hot. I'm it, still hot, baby. It was bastarding hot in that room that night. Hmm. It's not too bad this morning, because we had mahooses, thunderstorms overnight. Yeah, we did. I'll actually need to check and make sure there's no... No tree limbs have come down. None have. I already checked. Oh, you did? Yeah. We had our aircon on for the dog. Who was not <laughs> happy with... The fact that we shut ourselves up in this room without him. Right. I was feeling very liquid, I think I said. Uh-huh. Is there anything more likely to give you scoots than gas station sushi, I asked. As I had... It was this time last year that I took the kids out of... Did you come with me that time? No, you didn't. No, I didn't because I was in severe pain because I'd just had my insides rearranged, remember? Right. And that was why I had 
gas station sushi because you weren't there to tell me that that was a bad idea. <laughs> was it really sushi? I thought it was like a sandwich. Oh, no, no. It was a gas station sandwich. Later on last summer, you had a gas station sandwich while you and I were uh, traveling up north. Remember? We stopped at a gas station in the middle of nowhere and you had a sandwich and you said, I'm probably going to regret this. <laughs> and then you did. Yeah. I never learn. <laughs> you really don't. I'm going to miss not being able to do that this year. Going somewhere? Just to go somewhere, yeah. I'm sure we can figure something out. Mm. In state. <sighs> yeah. Normally we like to go on a, a reasonably long road trip. Yeah, we didn't do that last year because, and we were like, we went oh. up north and we went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That was reasonable. Yeah, but it wasn't like one of our big trips. Like, no, it wasn't like out to Montana or whatever. Right. Anyway, you hadn't done Cory News, but you had finished your novel. <laughs> you finished that a year ago. I know. And you still haven't sent it out to anybody to read. No, I know, because I I'm, was doing the revisions and I'm still not done with the revisions. That came up in my Facebook uh memories and i was just like i'm not sharing this because i am so embarrassed for the fact <laughs> that you know i haven't got this little bit of work done oops we're in, we're in lockdown i have no excuse elsewhere Gemma's tempted by the prospect of some easy baby related money despite chesney's protestations otherwise birthday boy steve fails to satisfactorily construct a wardrobe and then is distracted by unicorns David concocts a novel way of putting Shona's mind at ease ahead of next week's sentencing. Can't remember what that was about. Maria has got to the point in her life where she's spending evenings hanging out with Gail and Audrey. Emma gets lucky. Craig is tired of being everyone's Commissioner Gordon. Our moment of the week was Yasmin being gaslit by Tim's dad when she gets mugged. We were glad that the storyline seemed to be coming to an end. Oh. <laughs> a year ago. And our boring moment of the week was Roy talking to Sean about trains. And that was Coronation Street and the talk of the street this time last year. Shall we dive in, my dear? Yes, please. Do you want to cover quickly the week that we missed? Sure. Knock yourself out. Okay. Tensions can continue to make between Tim and Sally over Tim's dad, and when Faye finds out that Sally is Team Yasmin, she packs her stuff and moves in with Tim's dad in protest. Inman thinks that getting Sally on side will change everything. Okay. That's what happened in that storyline. Right. See how quickly you can do this when... Just, just, just keep going. Paragraph. Keep going. Don't. G- Gary creeped on Kelly the chin a bit more and is horrified to find out that they've only moved around the corner, which is all Laura says that she can afford unless Rick the chin starts paying his maintenance again. Adam finds out that Laura doesn't know Rick the chin's whereabouts and continues his campaign of flirting. Adam takes Daniel to a fancy do where he gets chatted up by a sex worker. Daniel doesn't realise that she's a sex worker and is crushed when he finds out. Shona is getting ready. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Continue. Well, don't interrupt me then. <laughs> Shona's getting ready to move in with Roy and David prepares by getting some of her stuff together that he hopes will help her memory return. Scottish Vicky and her buddy Jordan used to live with Carla in a squat, it turns out. There's an accusation that Carla disposed of some drugs worth a grand and they blackmail her for the money back, threatening to reveal that she slept with Jordan on a couple of occasions in exchange for the roof over her head. Rather than taking this lying down, Carla rings the bell in the bar and tells everyone in the Rovers a secret and a blackmail plot. Scottish Vicky and Jordan are frog-marched out the rovers by Abby and Scott, the latter of whom appears to be very interested in Carla. He's always kind of hanging around. Yeah. There's something going on there. Yeah. And that was last week. Yeah. In a Mm minute-ish. Well done. I'm now going to take an hour and a half to talk about this week. (laughs) Let's start with talking about Daniel's Hole, shall we? Oh, God, do we have to? Mm Mm-hmm. 
On Monday, Daniel's feeling worse for wear. He collapses on the couch and goes between pictures of him and Nicky on his phone and a framed picture of him and Sinead on the sideboard. Later, Daniel's at home with uh, Bertie and calls Nicky while looking at a video of Sinead. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. Then Daniel turns up at the corner shop looking to buy a four-pack of super-strength lager, which Evelyn strangely tries to talk him out of. Yes, because that... everybody on the street now knows that he's an Elkie and he should maybe not be drinking so much. I don't think that's what it was. It's just that this is really strong lager. Right, and, and he shouldn't be like, drinking I it. Know. Well, All by himself, without food, because he's an Elkie. I still think he's an Elkie. Oh. It is, it, you, you can, it is genetic. So, just putting it out there. Kane's an Alky? Peter's an Alky. I think his mum probably had, let's say, problems. Sure, let's blame the mother. <laughs> well, I don't think Kane has. <laughs> eh. Uh, so, Daniel points out that he can get it at fresh goes if Evelyn's not going to sell him it, so Evelyn sells him it. And he tells her to keep the change, and he bursts one open before he's even out of the store. Yeah. But not like that. Kind of like a fuck you mm-hmm. to the lady dressed up as Rosie the Riveter. Oh, yeah, because there's this whole It's an E-Day, E-Day thing. thing. Right. Yeah. And ridiculously, know-it-all Daniel has no idea that it's V.E. Day yeah, or what that, V.E. Day was. I find that very hard to believe. Th- this happens twice, where a young person seemingly has no idea what VE Day is, and it pissed me off. Oh? I don't think it pissed me off, it just struck me as being really, really weird. That yeah, it pissed could... me off that they wrote it that way, like, oh, young people, they don't know their history. But Daniel obviously does. Right. He's, he's part of the Weatherfield Intelligentsia, as, so it's made out. And last week, Ken invited them to a VE Day. Right. A committee meeting or something. Yeah. yeah. So he knew last week. Yeah. He doesn't know this week. Yeah. Oh, very mm-hmm. odd. Anyway, then Adam comes into the corner shop for some stuff, and Evelyn reveals that Daniel, who she thinks is Adam's brother, which is hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Which you know, I could see where she would have that impression. Right. Because uh, they're closer in age than Daniel and Tracy and Peter. Well, this gave me a little joy because. It's real, because while everyone on the street seems to know everyone on the street, right? you, you really shouldn't. There are parts of people's lives that right. you shouldn't be familiar with. Right, and she's fairly new. Right. So it was completely in, in keeping with the, um, with the character and the circumstance that she mm-hmm. shouldn't know that they're actually cousins. So, yeah, she says that, uh, Daniel was in earlier and bought a four-pack of Super and got wired into them before the door shut uh, when Adam thought Daniel was at squash, of all things. Because Daniel likes a bit of squash. I guess so. Orange squash? Spaghetti squash. Then we see Daniel finishing the dregs of can number four in the hotel outside Nicky's room. He fixes his hair and then knocks on the door and she welcomes him in. She lives at this hotel, apparently. No. Oh, no. she's got a room. Yes, this is her workplace. This isn't where she lives. A sex worker wouldn't be bringing somebody to where they live. Yeah, that'd be problematic, one would imagine. Absolutely. Nikki wants to get down to business, but Daniel isn't so keen. Nikki points out that she fucks loads of married guys, it's fine, what's the problem? Daniel sits down to explain to this poor sex worker that the relationship he used to have <laughs> and now doesn't have with his deceased wife. She pretends to be interested. 
Daniel is lonely, he says. She grabs his hand and tells him it's okay. He doesn't need to be lonely because she's going to fuck his brains out anyway. Later, Daniel is spent and Nikki charges him 220. Yes, because, and that includes the charge for the room. She says, including the room, 220. Call me if you want another round, she says, and then she shows him the door. Back at the flat, Daniel has had a shower to wash off the sexy smells from earlier. He's about to call Nikki back and as he looks at uh, Sinead while Bertie cries. robe is so very loosely tied. Mm-hmm. That's as far as we get with that story this week. <laughs> I need to update my bath and shower chart because <laughs> yes. Daniel had a shower. Daniel had a shower. Somebody else had a shower this week. Steve. Steve had a shower. Oh, yes. <clears throat> we don't get to see Steve in his robe, though. Shame. <laughs> Some before the watershed. <laughs> so, what do you think of this storyline this week? Ugh. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? I. I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm so glad this girl finally got her chance to be on Coronation Street. But I, <laughs> to go through ten years of auditions just for this really crappy storyline. I know. You got to feel sorry for her. I, is she going to? start to have romantic feelings for Daniel and then Daniel is going to get all uppity and in her grill for her choice of work if they have like an actual romantic relationship is that where we're going is it creepy that she kind of does look like Sinead she's kind of got the same she's blonde and she kind of has the same cheekbone structure a little bit I can't say most uh, you could tell, like, when he was, when he had the picture up of her and next to that picture of Sinead from the wedding, I was like, oh, okay, they're making, he deletes that picture, though, so that makes it seem like he's not going to get his hole again. Yeah, it's, it's, I was going down the way of them having a relationship, and as, as you explain, he eventually becomes uh, resentful of her line of work and talks her out of it. Or tries to talk her out of, her out of it, and she gets pissed off. Or he becomes consumed with guilt that he's uh, slept with a prostitute. Or both. She's not a prostitute. She's a sex worker. We don't use the word prostitute anymore, Brumi. Don't we? No. Because it kind of describes it pretty well. Yeah. Sex worker works better because well, that, that be describes it better. It's somebody who works in sex. How, how much more description do you need? Well, that could be a porn star. No, that would be a porn star. So it's okay to say porn star, but it's not okay to say prostitute. Correct. We, we need to have some kind of list that's sent out every week to tell us what we can and can't say. But where is that different from what Tim's dad had? Because she the described escort. herself as an escort. Right. Is, 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 sex, is sex work legal in the UK? No. Okay. So... Nikki doesn't have a website, um, that an official website where people can click on her and and take her out for a, a good time. You don't know that. Escort is, escort implies, you know, going out, having dinner, having a fake pretend relationship for a couple hours, and then getting your whole... But they can't say get your hole on this website because that's illegal. Although I, I did see some speculation on the interwebs that uh, 
Nikki might know Tim's dad in the biblical sense. Oh, interesting. They may cross paths now. Interesting. Hmm. I still want Tim's mum to turn up. I do too. I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Let's move on. Because that storyline was... Uh, I, I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> Shite Club. I'm still sticking with Shite Club because it's it, fine. It, it makes me laugh. On Monday, David is with Sarah and Adam in Roy's Rolls. David winds up Sarah about Adam being a Barlow. Anything with a pulse. Which seemed odd. <laughs> but Sarah knowing really? That, that David seems odd? Is it's just, true. But you don't say it to your sister. <laughs> You do if you're David. With Sarah knowing that David is just stressed out by uh, Shona coming back. Later, Shona arrives back at Roy's Rolls with Aaron, our care worker, I think. Yes. Shona throws change in Abby's cup, believing her to be homeless. And then it's not an empty cup because you see a spoosh. <laughs> There's a wee spoosh. <laughs> and Abby says, cheeky cow. <laughs> <laughs> they go upstairs to settle Shona in and tell David to come back later in the afternoon. Later, Roy's upstairs with Aaron, who seems pissed off with Roy throughout. Up comes David, who seems pissed off with everyone. He was just bringing up some magazines, for fuck's sake. Aaron suggests David makes a brew, but Roy goes to do it. Do you know how she takes it, asks David? Milk and one sugar, says Roy, so get it right fucking up here. Of course he knows. Yeah, Shona takes seriously. It. They work together. Seriously. Upstairs on Roy's, Shona looks to be getting too close to Aaron. Nina goes off to placate a furious Alex, <laughs> who's holding down the fort on his own. That was so funny. Yes. <laughs> and dressed up for VE Day. Again. So- Alex is the only young person that knows what VE Day is? Really? David leaves too. Shona seems not to remember Max and Lily, but certainly remembers this Aaron chap. Outside Roy Roy tells David that this is even harder on Shona than it is on him. Absolutely. She's been through a traumatic event. Give it time. Follow professional advice and support her as much as possible. Don't pressure her. Softly, softly catch a monkey, he says. David seems to appreciate this and then goes up to retrieve a phone that he claims to have misplaced in Roy's flat. But he did. He did. Because remember, right before Roy started speaking to him, he was patting his pockets and saying, oh, shit, I need to go back in there. People lose their phones. All the time on the show. Just ridiculously often. Upstairs, Aaron is explaining to Shona how well she's been doing and is ignoring the fact that Shona's dripping for Aaron. She makes a move, which Aaron pulls back from just as David arrives. What the fuck is going on here, he says. Yes. And now Shona's outraged that she can't have a quick shag with Aaron. Aaron points out... And then she thinks she assumes that the reason why she can't is because he's gay. Aaron points out that he's her care worker. David points out that he's her husband. Shona doesn't really get this, but apologises and slumps in a huff. Aaron goes off to report this to his supervisor, apparently leaving David and Shona in the same room together alone. Later, Aaron has cleared his ability to work with Shona and David, given what happened. They're okay. David asks Shona to get some food. Shona doesn't think he's her type, but he is funny. And she asks if he knows any jokes. He tells a shit joke that I didn't write down because it was terrible. Oh, yeah, it was. um, Yeah, it wasn't great. And he, he gets Aaron to laugh, but only kind of. And it's a weird joke to tell. It was a weird choice of joke to tell someone with amnesia who doesn't really understand the world right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't laugh. Aaron announces that he'll need to chaperone the date, and that's fine, and they arrange to meet at five. Later, David and Shona are at the bistro. Although Shona isn't drinking, she says David should have a beer if he wants. He says he's not a drinker. That's Gail. The number of times he's had to drag her out the rovers, kicking, screaming, <laughs> shouting and swearing. She looks a type, says Shona. 
And then David says that I'm winding you up, you fanny. And yeah. And takes offense at this. And I would have too. What the fuck, David? He I does- mean, it was funny, but it's not funny because he knows that she has no idea and that she's really sensitive about the fact that she has no idea. He does this a couple of times. Yeah. And it's like, David, <laughs> cut it out. <laughs> then Ray Weinstein walks by and leaves his jacket on a nearby chair. Shona says that she wants to go somewhere else. And while David pays for the drinks, Shona nicks Ray Weinstein's wallet. Yeah, because David explains that Ray Weinstein is not a nice guy, and he's he's a creeper, mm-hmm. and and that puts her off eating there, according to her. David and Shona leave and head to the chippy. This is on Shona, she says, and she shows off Ray's wallet, which David grabs. He laughs while Shona storms off, and David finds Shona in the community garden and explains that what happened with uh, Ray is how David and her met each other in the first place. She stole his wallet. He found her interesting and gobby, and he fell in love with her. Aww. Walking back home, Shona wants a cigarette, but David points out that she doesn't smoke. <laughs> they head off to the chippy, though she admits that she doesn't know where it is. Oh. I'm finding this not Shona kind of difficult to stomach. Because I want nice Shona back. Right, yeah, <laughs> but you can't have nice Shona back right away. That's kind of the point of the whole storyline. And I think she's doing a great job of playing... Not nice, Shona. A completely different character. Yeah. That is the same character. It's great. It's like, uh, what's her name from Orphan Black? Remember Orphan Black? Where she ah, played I'm like... Probably watched a couple of episodes. Six different characters. Mm-hmm. In the same show. Oh, I wonder if we could work that in as a pun somehow. Something to think about. Yeah. Then on Friday, Gemma bumps into Shona outside the florist and Gemma points out that they're both from the same estate, not that Shona remembers. Along comes David and Shona immediately accuses him of rushing things with her. And she kind of rushes away again. In Roy's roles, Shona's chatting with Gemma about what it was like to leave the estate and Gemma points out that Shona has nothing for her there anymore and mentions that she and Ches are like what David and Shona used to be. And this seems to give Shona some pause for thought. Mm, Only minus the five children. (laughs) Right. Nina's about to head off into another storyline when she asks Shona if she wants a loan <laughs> of a laptop. <laughs> Shona doesn't because she's about to head upstairs ready for her date. Nina isn't sure about this and suggests running it by Aaron. Then David comes in and it seems that he's the date and Shona wants her whole. She sends him upstairs and takes her hair down as a baffled Nina looks on. Yes. Upstairs, Shona's plying him with beer. David isn't sure and goes to check with Maria because he has a one thirty appointment. Uh, but Shona wants to figure out what they like to do together before then. Not not before, but now. And she suggests a jigsaw. So and she, so chess she, or playing with Roy's train. So it looks like she doesn't want her hole after all. But then as David is doing the jigsaw, Shona is stripping and it is her hole that she's looking for. Absolutely. David is surprised and thinks that they should find a connection first. An angered Shona destroys the jigsaw and throws David out. I thought it was funny, the whole jigsaw thing. Considering how many jigsaws and, and Lego sets people have been putting together. They seem to be making quite a bit of headwind at that jigsaw. Yeah. I think he'd done all the all the edges, hadn't he? Yes. It looked like it. Well he done. seemed to be enjoying his, his wee jigsaw. <laughs> Later downstairs, Shona's talking to Roy about David who didn't want his hole. She then goes on to tell him that she thought that uh, Roy was a pair for a weirdo or whatever. Roy calmly basically says... We're all weirdos, and as far as David is concerned, maybe it's best just to take your time with that. Yes. That's as far as we get with that storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine David having this patience. 
I can't imagine the old David having this patience. The David who went through all of that stuff with Josh and then all of that stuff with his gran and and Nick and has come out the other side a calmer, yeah, more maybe. reasonable person who genuinely loves Shona. Let's remember, he genuinely loves her. Mm-hmm. He wants to spend the rest of his life with her. She was going to adopt his kids. So you don't throw a whole life away like that you give it time you give it as much time as it needs don't you but he made a good point a few weeks ago when i think he was talking to nick how much of his life does he put on hold waiting for the old shona to come back right when she might never come back right i think that there's been a lot of progress since then because she is back on the street and they seem to have been, she she doesn't seem to want to divorce anymore. That seems to have been put completely on hold. She's not, she's not enamored by her, by Clayton anymore. You no, know, that seems to have gone away. That, that wool has, the wool has been pulled off her eyes. And all it took was her actually seeing him in the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so it doesn't even have to run through a graveyard. No. I don't know. I don't know how much more time he gives it. I think the more progress we see, the more time he gives. And we have progress. And I think that's good. Plus, who else is he going to date on the street, honestly? There's nobody left. (laughs) There's nobody to tempt him. Nobody. I can't think of anybody. Yeah. That whole Alina thing didn't work. Back with him again. No. That's not going to happen. (laughs) I do hope not. Poor Emma. I thought Roy was pretty good in this storyline. Absolutely. He always is. I liked how he he took the the fact that she called him basically a potential paedophile. Right. (laughs) I'm sure that's not the first time somebody has said to Roy that he's, he's a, he, they thought he was a creep. Right. I'm sure that has happened before because he is off the beaten track. Yeah, there was a little bit that I didn't mention when uh, Shona and Nina are having a conversation about him. And I think Shona basically admits at that point that what she thought was he was a, mm-hmm. a pervert. And Nina kind of agreed that yeah. it was weird, but, but who am I to talk about anybody being weird? Says right. Nona. Nona? Nina. <laughs> Nina. <laughs> kind of having that self-awareness. She's another great character. She was Absolutely. good in everything this week. Absolutely. Next, how would you like to talk about a pointless Seb story? <laughs> not, not at all. This is another thing that just really pisses me off. <laughs> we had a lot of Daniel and we had a lot of Seb. Well, not a lot of Seb, but... A lot I, of I, I, I Seb-adjacent storyline. <laughs> I just don't have the... I just don't have the interest in either at the moment. No, especially the Seb one, because it's basically... Again. Again. The same storyline, again. We haven't visited this for, it feels like, months. Yeah. And we find that now that we're back at it... Nothing's really we changed. We haven't got anywhere. No. So, inexplicably, the Seb, Emma, and Alina storyline is rearing its head again. It's breakfast and Alina and Seb have been inconsiderate of Emma's breakfast requirements and eaten all the bread and used all the dishes. Alina feels guilty that Emma has to live in the house with her ex. Wasn't this sort 
sorted out. Yeah, he was supposed to be finding a new place, right. but apparently he's been dragging his feet because he can't find any place that he can afford. I thought that she threw his stuff out. She did, but then she let him back in, yeah. and then she went and lived with Steve and Tracy for a little while. He and says now she's back. it'll be fine and we'll work out as soon as he moves out and Emma and Alina can be best pals again. Later, Seb returns to the flat with flowers. Alina jokes that she thinks that they're for her. Seb is completely fooled by this sophisticated joke until Alina explains it to him. Alina asks if Seb and Emma are getting back together, and he says that won't happen because she's convinced that he's in love with someone else. Oh yeah? Who? asks Alina. And Seb finally admits that he likes someone who he doesn't know how they feel about them. That's a terrible sentence. That really is. But it's obvious that he's speaking about Alina. Right. In comes Emma, and the moment is lost, and Seb gives his his horseshit flowers (laughs) to Emma. Emma asks if he's found anywhere else to live, but apparently not. Mm. On Wednesday, in the knicker factory, Michael gets a call from Grace, and then he draws comparisons between Alina and Seb. She admits that she likes him, <laughs> but there's nothing that she can do about it because of Emma. Michael says that she should go for it. Think your own business, Michael. Yeah, fuck off, Michael. <laughs> Back at the flat, Seb can't find a flat he can afford, and he and Alina admit to still having feelings for each other, but he doesn't want to be any more, but she doesn't want to be any more than friends with him because of Emma. Emma and Alina leave the flat and bump into Seb on Friday, and Seb asks what happened to the flowers that he gave her. Emma says that they're in the salon. They were a bad idea, mixed messages, and she didn't appreciate it. Once she leaves, Seb says, uh, Seb seems to think that Emma was unfair and says to uh, Alina to set up a date as mates. And an unsure Alina agrees because Seb and Alina can be just mates. Mm-hmm. Later, Alina comes home to find that Emma's hand I is trapped hate. in a vase. <laughs> what the fuck? Wait, what? That happened, right? That happened. And that's the, that's where that storyline ends. And that's where ends. that storyline ends for this week with Emma's hand stuck in that vase. And she's scrubbing the outside of it. If your hand's stuck, you need to scrub the inside. Or put like butter or something around it. Or just regular soap without water. Also, this is dumb. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. And it's like, okay, well, we don't know what to do with these characters. So we just have them in this weird holding pattern, in this weird love triangle between the three of them, and then we're going to make Emma into a joke again. Yay! What the fuck? (laughs) I am not happy with this. Emma deserves a better storyline than this. Alina deserves a better storyline than this. Seb? Meh. (laughs) Ah. It, lo- it looked like she was just doing the dishes and right. she was upset. Right. And she's just scrubbing this vase that she had had the flowers in. And it looked like the flowers were still there. I don't know. I saw flowers on the counter. I was like, wait a second. I thought she brought this vase with the flowers to the salon. What are they doing? What is going on here? None of this makes sense. And it's so stupid. Next week, Emma's going to get a turkey stuck on her head. <laughs> it's, what? And then she's going to put sunglasses on the turkey, yes, and, and then she's going to knock on Joey's door, and then she's going to do this little Shake shaky dance yep. at, not at Joey, at um, Chandler. Mm-hmm. And then all will be forgiven. 
And then Emma and Chandler will hook up. And make sweet, sweet love. Yes. And later adopt twin babies. Timbot4000 says this does not compute. It really we doesn't are, compute. We've, it, it really doesn't compute. I'm, I'm in agreement with Timbot this week. Uh, I'm, I'm still kind of tempted to ask you where you think this is going, but <laughs> where it's going is round in circles. Yeah. Eventually... Eventually, Alina is going to have to make a choice whether her friendship with Emma or her potential relationship with Seb is more important to her. And she will make that choice. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually, Seb will have to move out or it's going to get to a fever pitch and there'll be a huge fight or something. I'm just trying to think of who he could move in with. Back Eileen. Does Eileen have room? She's got Mary and Sean. Oh, yeah. Well remembered. I do watch the show. They can, they can, they can make room when, if they want to make Maybe room. Maybe they could get bunk beds. <laughs> Shot and Seb could share a room with bunk beds. We'd yeah. Build a fort, a pillow fort in the living room together. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Let's move on. Oh, please. Oh, is this our penultimate? We're getting through this at a fair old rate. Oh, we've got plenty still to go. Oh, good. Uh, let's talk about Scottish Vicky and Jordan. And Carla and Peter and Scott and all that stuff. And a partridge in a pear tree. On Monday, it's VE Day and Carla wants some bunting posted around the bar. Scott helps out because Scott. Carla asks Rita about her memories of VE Day. <laughs> almost said VD Day. VE Day. <laughs> She was 13, she says. Rita has lots of memories of VD Day. <laughs> it was a wave of relief, says Rita. Scott says his granddad fought in the war and is glad that the Rovers is participating. Rita has heard of the shenanigans because the Because old young people these days don't remember these things. And is glad Scott was there to take care of it. Scott says it was more Abby, the one to be praised, and then says that he's sure that they won't have any more problems today. <gasps> Not ominously at all. No. Carla goes round to the garage to thank Abby for last night. Abby has met a few scumbags in her life, she says. Carla gives Abby some fizzy plonk. Abby says that she knows how hard it has been for Carla and she's been there. There's stuff that she wants to forget and she offers herself for Carla in the future. On her way out... But Ka- not like that. No, not like that. On her way out, Carla sees a newspaper headline that broadcasts some pricks have beaten up a pair of shites on a council estate somewhere. Peter is chatting to Michael and a rather dapper Alex about VE Day. Yeah, and now it's Michael's turn to say, what's VE Day? I don't know my history. When Carla comes in to the pub armed with the newspaper, have you seen this? Jordan and Scottish Vicky have been beaten up and she thinks Peter is a prime suspect. He denies it. How could she think that he could beat up a woman? And he storms off in a huff. In the Rovers, Ken... Peter looks very dapper in his uh, naval uniform. He does. In the Rovers, Ken, Audrey, Norris and Rita give cheers to the VE heroes. I find it really hard to say VE together. (laughs) Heroes, including Frank Barlow, Ken's dad who didn't like to talk about it. Either the war or being Ken's dad. (laughs) (laughs) Behind the bar, a 1940s dressed Peter and Carla talk about the assault. Peter reveals that he went to a late night AA meeting because he was angry and upset at what had happened previously. All the while, Ken slowly turns into a human union jack. (laughs) He's got the tie. He's got those paper glasses. Right. And then he just becomes a flag. <laughs> it starts muttering about Brexit and immigrants. And... <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> 
Norris chats about being the new head honcho at Sleepy Hollows. The wedding with... <laughs> Is that what we're calling now, Sleepy Hollow? But I thought that's what we called it. No, you called it something else that started with an S, like Shady Acres. Oh, Shady Acres. <laughs> Sleepy Hollow is also hilarious. <laughs> what was it called again? Uh, I don't know. Spring Gardens, some summer, still spring, water. still water. Is it still water? I don't know. <laughs> Sleepy Hollows. All, all of this sounds like a retirement home. So. The wedding with Frida has been put on hold. People become worried that Rita will sing. <laughs> and because then, Rita's totally going to sing. Yeah, and then we don't get to see it. Which is the, the only point of that whole thing should have been to have Rita stand up and start singing some 40s yep. tune. Especially in the week where uh, Dame Vera Lynn passed away. Was that this week or last week? I don't remember. I think it was this week. 103. That's a good age. So she was performing, obviously, in the 40s. Right. As the nation's sweetheart. Mm-hmm. But she was still uh, she was still a recording artist. I think she was 100 when she had a number one album. That I think I am think a little bit crackly. We need to work out these settings to get the optimum out of these fantastic microphones. <sighs> But yeah. Um, Why don't you and the microphones just get a room? <laughs> Hello, wee <wee-wee. laughs> uh, So yeah, she was a, a, a recording artist right up to the to the uh, to the bitter to the end. end of her life. So it's quite a remarkable achievement and a remarkable career. Mm-hmm. Anyway, then anyway. Scott comes in with some bloodied knuckles, claiming that he hit them against the door. Uh-huh. Sure you did, pal. It was kind of obvious from the start that Scott was, was the one that was going to beat, beat th- them up. Yeah. Although... Carla doesn't find this. He seems obvious. to be ages with Johnny. Do you think Scott is Carla's real dad? Yes. <laughs> I, think, I think that's where we're going with this. So her dad beat up. Scottish... Vicky. Vicky. <laughs> And Jordan, to protect his daughter? Or he has suspicions that... He might be. Right. Hmm. Is this why Johnny went away? Is this why they had a fight? Because they were after the same lady? They were sleeping with Carla's mum at the same time? It's got to be something bigger than that, surely. I think it is something like that. And look at how long Johnny and Jenny have been away. I know. So... Yeah, so that's I, I think that's the direction that we're going in, which seems a shame that uh, Scottish Vicky and Jordan were only introduced for this very brief. I know we're not going to get much use out of Scottish Vicky, um, although maybe we will. Maybe she will come back and try to blackmail Scott. And our Canadian librarian friend Christy is very disappointed by this. We're talking. Right. Yesterday about yeah. the about possibility that this, the, 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 the bit of the storyline that everyone seems to be missing is the fact that Carla was raped. Yes. And we're, yeah. we're kind of skimming over that and now those right. characters are going to go away and there's going to be no real development of right. of that. Of the fact that, yeah, she was unable to consent and what consent means and everything. Mm-hmm. It could have been a really good teachable moment and it's been kind of just skated over. And yep. I totally agree with her. Right. On that, yeah, 
And it just seems to be a, yeah, bring these characters in, drop this bombshell, and then everyone just ignores it and we go back to yeah, a, a different storyline about Scott and, and Carla rather than certainly there's on Carla. Certainly there's more to, there's more sustenance there to mine about what happened in Carla's missing weeks. Yeah. Let's move on then to... This is really weird. I'm just called it middle-aged, but that's a bit where people are middle-aged. On Friday, Ty's making breakfast while Fizz wonders where Evelyn has got to and then doesn't think twice about going through Evelyn's diary. <laughs> and goes through it with some precision. It's not just a right. flick through and find out what she's doing today. It's mm-hmm. She finds out what she's doing for the next couple of weeks. Right. Which seems to be an awful lot of dog walking with Arthur. Woohoo. Dog walking, is that what we're calling it these days? Apparently so. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she discovers that Evelyn has a better social life than them. Tyrone jokes that Cerberus has a better social life than them, which is his mistake. Because now Fizz takes him seriously about that. Right. And questions him, asking if he thinks that they're at that middle-aged bit of their lives now where they can't have fun until the kids leave. And then they're too old to have fun. And Ty is kind of wishing that he hadn't opened his fucking mouth. Then Ty's home after work and Fizz gives him a hard time about having smelly fingers or something. She's been feeling down in the dumps. She misses having daft times with him. Ty asks if this is all because of Evelyn and Arthur, and she admits it might be, but wishes her conversation was more about uh, things other than the kids or dinner. And then Ty suggests some me time and goes off to get some pizza for her and the kids. Right. So just goes back to talking about kids and food again. So that's all we get out of that. Fizz makes a point that when they split up and then they came back together again, each with a child of their own, right. they never really had a chance to have a, a courting period. It mm-hmm. was just straight into kind of heavy-duty parenting. Yeah. Well, that's life. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds familiar, though, doesn't it? Doesn't mean that. At least one of them didn't come from thousands of miles away and cross an ocean and um, get a green card and all that fun stuff right? in a brand new country. Eight years ago. Yeah. Eight years ago. And then get married and then immediately load up a U-Haul and, and move 800 miles west to a brand new state. I arrived in the US on June 25th, 2012. On July 3rd, 2012, we got married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on September 1st, 2012, we U-hauled everything. No, we, we had our second <laughs> wedding number two. And then the next day we drove everyone and everything across the country. And then the kids started school on September the 2nd, I think. It was September the 3rd. It was the next day, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was just, and I started work July 9th. So it was just oh, 2012. So many things happened in 2012. Yeah. And an awful lot happened round about this time in 2012. Yes. Which kind of crept up in us a little bit this, <laughs> this week. It's like, oh shit, it's our wedding anniversary next Friday. Oh. I think you will like your present. Oh, don't, because... It may not get here by the time, because there's some personalization that needs to be done, but I think you will like it. Oh, well, I'll look forward to seeing it. Uh-huh. Our penultimate storyline, we're absolutely flying, I think, is protest that. 
On Friday, in Roy's Rolls, Toya meets Nina, who's arranging another protest against or for their local MP. I'm not sure which. Nina... I think they're trying to encourage their local MP to vote a certain way on a certain issue. Uh But it's kind of vague. Nina has signed up for it, although Evelyn is expected to arrive later. Evelyn refuses to use glue on her uh, fingerprints this time, though. Mary can't get the time off, but Nina wouldn't be surprised if she just turned up anyway. Toya is keen to join in. And then in comes Mr. Fancy Pants, Imran, (laughs) in his fancy suit, just to criticise them. (coughs) Last time she got arrested, he says, and she has an important meeting with Imran later that she better not be arrested before. Mm -hmm. I wonder what meeting this is. Well, we will find out, won't we? The protest gets back to Roy's Rolls. They've narrowly avoided getting arrested, apparently. There's a discussion about how to pronounce uh, Boudicca or Bodicea. Evelyn asks Toya about her meeting, but Toya just leaves without giving them any further information. She gets home nine minutes early. Seems to have a meeting with Karen, okay Karen, about fostering a child. Imran wants Toya to tell Leanne sooner rather than later what with the whole Oliver thing. He's excited to start his journey to be foster parents. So this has kind of come out of the blue. Yeah, it's... it's <sighs> and really, shouldn't they have their own house for this? And well, they talk about the fact that they're going to have to um, kick out um, Ryan and Alia <laughs> if they do this. I think it's Alia's place, isn't it? Whose place is that? I don't know. Oh no, it used to be Craig and Rana. Right. So it and Kate. Right, and then Imran moved in. Remember. Uh-huh. So it's Imran's place. And then Alia moved in. Is that how it works? The, the first person who touches it owns it? Well, or the, the, latest the, person? The, person, the person who was related to the dead person who owned it, I guess. Does Craig still live there? I would think Craig would have first dibs. Where does Craig live? <laughs> Is Craig's, he, no, he must still be there because remember, but they only talk about Alia and Ryan. They don't say anything about Craig. But Craig must still live there because remember him and Imran going jogging a couple of weeks ago? And then Imran not hating jogging and going to a movie instead? That was like six months ago. That wasn't six months ago. It wasn't two weeks ago. I said a few, not two. So that could be like five weeks ago. I thought you said a couple of weeks ago. In fact, I'm pretty sure you said a couple of weeks ago. Anyway. Yeah, I think he must stay. Who he's knows? Got to, he's got to stay somewhere, right? Who knows? Who knows? Anyway. So what do you think of Toya and Imran being foster parents? I I have not seen any indication that Imran is interested in being a parent. I would agree. Toya, yes. Oh, she's desperate. Yeah, she's desperate to have kids. This, like you said, this does seem to be kind of out of the blue, and it. Am I am I being an old-fashioned prude in the fact that I'm rather shocked that they're talking about fostering a child before they talk about marriage? Yes, you are. Because you know, are are they legally in a committed relationship? That can. What happens if they break up? Which people do all the time on the street. Well, people get divorced all the time. For no apparent reason. Yeah, I don't know. I think they've been uh, 
they've been partners for long enough. They've been an item for quite some time. Yeah. It just seems weird that, you know, for them taking the next step in their relationship is fostering a child. It does seem very Toya to go for fostering as opposed to adoption. Well, maybe she wants to foster and then down the road adopt. Maybe, but I think she's kind of, given her history, I think she's helped as many people as she can right. type thing. Oh, absolutely. So so that kind of makes sense. But yeah, it just kind of took me by surprise because I thought, have I missed something here? What was this meeting all about? Right. And that's what it was. Yeah, it does seem kind of just plonked in. I wonder if this is a kind of... Uh, the flip side of the Oliver storyline. I wonder if it's kind of tied in with that. I think it will be. That maybe... That, that Leanne becomes upset because... Mm-hmm. Well, we, we still reckon that Oliver's not long for this world. Correct. And would it be insensitive then of Toya to pursue... Uh, fostering or adoption? I don't think so, but, you know... Oh, it it could be conceived that way, I guess, by Leanne. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. And then would putting this on hold for Leanne's sake by Toya affect her relationship with Imran? Yeah, because Imran does seem to be... He seems to be quite keen. Quite keen on it. And he is also quite keen that she tells Leanne. Right, because they need her recommendation. Mm-hmm. She, they need her as a reference. Right. So, yeah, it, it feels like it, it, this is not a storyline that's going to be in isolation. This is... No. Right, feeding into our final storyline tonight. Mm-hmm. Today, this morning. This morning. This afternoon? No, this morning. No, this morning. Which is about Oliver. Oliver. Crunchy bread. <laughs> Oliver. Time for bed, you sleepy head. What? Where did that come from? I don't know. Is that a thing? I... Crunchy bread. Why have I got Fundus uh, French bread pizza stuck in my head now? Because because of our um our our dinner last night with the parsley cream, and you said, and we had no Fundus, and that's that's where the Fundus came from. But I think the song is related to. Is it the same French tune as pizza? Oliver? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a hankering for parsley sauce last night, so we had cod and parsley sauce. With a homemade parsley sauce, not a mm-hmm. Findus boil in the bag thing, because this used to be a, right. a staple of a quick midweek dinner. Is my mum would throw in a couple of boil in the bags from I think straight from the freezer, mm-hmm. let it boil for five minutes, and then you you undo the bag and just kind of slop it out onto the <laughs> onto the plate. I've only ever boiled rice in a bag. We had boil in the bag curry. Boil in the bag prawn something. Maybe maybe prawn curry. Boil in the bag beef and gravy. <laughs> the beef and the gravy was actually quite good. <clears throat> I had that reasonably recently. Like, before I left Scotland. <clears throat> Shall I continue? Please. On Monday... Steve and Tracy turn up at Leanne's wanting to take Oliver out to see some animals that he so enjoys seeing. Oliver loves animals. He does love animals. Well, what toddler doesn't love animals? Mm-hmm. Leanne isn't keen at all and Steve is ready to leave until Tracy points out that Steve's a parent here too. 
Everyone wants to protect Oliver, but this is utter shite. She's stating facts. Steve isn't sleeping either, but our trip to the park or the city farm is what's needed here. And Tracy says that she'll take precautions, and so Leanne finally agrees. Leanne is laying down the law, but Tracy and Steve assure her that they know what needs to be done. Tracy asks Leanne to actually join them. She's family, after all. Bring Nick and Simon too. So Leanne is actually made up about all this. On Wednesday, the family have descended on the city petting zoo, or whatever. Emma's there. Simon's favourite are the pigs. Tracy has been assaulted by a goat. (laughs) I believe it. The kids. I believe it. Having been around goats, I believe it. The kids are excited to take Oliver to see this Weinstein goat. (laughs) Leanne, Nick and Steve are still worried about Oliver when the kids point out a cow to the wee boy and he makes a moo noise and Leanne is thrilled by this. What an improvement. Moo! Back home, Simon and Nick take Oliver off to hear the gruffalo. On their own, Steve points out that Leanne is sleepy and she should maybe share the, the burden with him. They look at the moo video and Leanne says that she's missed that laugh. Aww. On Friday, Amy's up to high dough because of the time that she lost in revision time by visiting that petting zoo. Tracy tries to point out that an exam can be retaken, but she was creating memories with Oliver. Amy doesn't seem impressed, and Steve goes off to see the wee boy who he insists is doing well now. Right, and Steve is a little like, hold on. (laughs) Let's not write Oliver off yet. At the flat, Leanne is talking to Oliver about cows. Leanne and Nick are sympathetic about Amy and Simon's exams, but then Oliver shows an interest in a bit of toast, and Leanne and Nick take this as a fantastic sign that Oliver is improving at a remarkable rate now. (sighs) Steve comes back with some calming essential oils or something for Amy. Let's get this exam out of the way, and then we can do something nice. I think it was a tea. Like, go away for a week. Amy calls him uh, all gob, and what about Oliver? Steve announces that Oliver is getting better and might be able to come too, so long as it's not too far away, and Amy is made up. Get in your dancer, she says. And then I think Steve goes for a shower or whatever. Yes, that's when Steve goes for a shower. Then Leanne calls Amy on the landline. Right, so she calls the house. Right, and Amy's all, all right, granddad, because <laughs> he's the only, only old uses, people use uses a landline. landline. That's right, we've got a landline that when it rings, everyone in the house just looks at it <laughs> and waits for it to stop ringing. Nobody answers it because nobody knows her. I don't know her number. The only people that phone that number are people trying to talk to us about our car warranty or whatever uh the pharmacy sometimes will call that number if we have a prescription ready who on earth gave the pharmacy that number i don't know i think i gave that i think i gave that number to a doctor once and the doctor shared it with the pharmacy just so that you know there's another number i think it was uh the pediatrician oh really yeah that i gave it to so leanne calls amy and gives her details of when uh the next Appointment for Oliver is at the hospital. <clears throat> then Amy announces that they're off on their halls, and Steve has put a deposit down uh, for a like a cottage in Cornwall or something. Yes. She invites Leanne and Oliver, and it seems that Leanne does not react well to this news at all. No. At the hospital, Steve tries to explain that there's nothing wrong about having something to look forward to, but Leanne. And Amy's like, "Did I get my dad in trouble?" <laughs> <laughs> but Leanne is determined to be angry about this. They all go to see the nurse. And uh, as they're waiting, Leanne realises that she's been harsh and Steve tells her that he'll send her all the details. Then in comes a doctor who wants to speak with Leanne and Steve on their own. And says, take that child out of here, yeah. nurse. They have the genetic profiles now and think it would be best if Oliver, who doesn't know what day of the week it is, <laughs> would be better off not hearing this conversation. And that is how we end this week's episodes. I think more as a just, you know, 
as not being a distraction for Leanne right. and Steve. He's taking the baby out. And then I think the doctor is expecting lots of tears and crying and gnashing of teeth. And that would scare the poor wee boy. Oh, you don't think this is going to be good news? You <laughs> should not to... be laughing about the death of a fictitious child. He ain't dead yet. That's all no. I'm saying. But this is not going to be good news. No. Mm. Mm. I feel bad for all of the real children in this world who have mitochondrial disease. Oh, absolutely. And it's nice that they're shedding a light on, you know, this disease that not an awful lot of people know about it. However. It's it's the same complaint from a couple of weeks ago, yes, isn't it? It's just yeah. we're asked to be we're emotionally to attached to a, a, a character, character that we're not emotionally we attached see. to. Yeah. And who really has no personality because he's only four. Yeah, three or four. Oh, it's got to be three. It can't be four. Are we getting this vacation then? No. I think we might. Either that or Amy and Tracy will go by themselves. And Emma. I think we might get this as a kind of last hurrah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. It's not looking good. So what do you die off then? What is it that kills you? Oh, it's your organ failure, I think, isn't it? Your your bits just stop working. Right, because your mitochondria are, are wonky mm-hmm. and are not telling the cells what to do. Right. It doesn't sound pleasant at all. No. Oh. In fact, I, I, I believe it's kind of a miracle that this child has lasted this long with such a disease that he's probably had since birth. Right. It's hard to really think of anything else that's going to go on in this because it's well, kind of depress- depressing a little bit. Absolutely. Mm. Oh, just wrap this up then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, what was your moment of the week? Um, that was my moment of the week. I'm trying to remember. What was your moment of the week? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't really... I walked right into that one. You know, it wasn't like last week where we had Carla ringing the bell. There was no ringing the bell moments this week. No. Uh, let me think. Right, let's let's think about the storylines again. Daniel. No. No. <laughs> Shake club. Mm. 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 Keep going. Seb. No. Carla. Mm. I kind of mm. gave it to Carla last week. And f- no. <laughs> Toya and no. Uh. Oliver. <laughs> uh, Carla, Carla bringing the a gift to Abby to say thank you. No. Peter in his naval uniform. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of something I really liked. <laughs> this week and it, it wasn't it was one of those weird kind of gap weeks that are just kind of moving stories along to something else so there wasn't an awful lot of content to pick from yeah I didn't think it was a great week this week no uh, 
I'm tempted to give it to Shona because while I dislike the character that she is now compared mm-hmm. to the character that she was, like you said, I think Julia Golding is doing a absolutely a great job. Absolutely, she deserves all of the awards. She well, we say that about everybody. No, we don't. <laughs> well, not. Anyway, yeah, I um, which was my favourite bit. That. You know, I think kind of my favorite bit about that was when she and Gemma were talking about, you know, do you miss the old estate and, you know, is it really better here? And Yeah, I, I think I agree because uh, it was... It brought something... For a, for, a, a, for a change, it was someone not going out the way to try and force Shona into remembering something right. or... Or, or going back to her old self. It was just her sitting down mm-hmm. with Gemma and just chatting. Right, and asking about the old estate and stuff. And I thought Gemma was very good, uh, you know, saying our life is so much better here and, you know, I I have this family now and you have a family too and mm-hmm. you were once as I am now, only without quads. <laughs> Although it, it did kind of spur Shona into then trying to shag David, right? Which wasn't great, but right. But that scene with the two of them in Roy's rolls, yeah. Let's yeah. go with that. That's our moment of the week. Moment of the week. It feels almost pointless asking you what your boring moment of the week was. For grumpy old people talking about the war. Oh no! For me, it was Emma getting her hands stuck in her ears. That wasn't boring. That was infuriating. <laughs> your infuriating moment of the week. <laughs> That made me want to throw my iPad across the room, which only typically happens with Tim's dad. Well, is it Ken turning a Union Jack? <laughs> that part was just because you know they're just they're just shoving that in there because it's VE Day, you know. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's either that or either Daniel and Michael, Daniel and Michael not knowing what VE Day is. Which also kind of infuriated me more than bored me. Mm -hmm. But the conversation, because it was basically the same conversation over and over again. You know, because Rita basically said the same thing in the booth with with the other wrinklies. It's an exercise to (sighs) educate the audience who may not know what BEDM is. But, I think. But Wasn't it? Who doesn't know what VE Day is? Especially in a country that was so deeply affected by it. Yeah. It's, are there no teachers? <laughs> is there no education? I mean, I say that as somebody who's sitting in a country where Nazis are a thing again, but still. <laughs> and people seem to think we get a, you know, we, we learn history through staring at statues. Right. <sighs> we're, we're getting a little into the realms of that <laughs> podcast that we don't do, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, aren't I, we? I just, I felt like it could have been, you could have done something so much better. And then, you know, not even giving Rita a chance to sing. And instead, <laughs> we have David and Shona walking by the rovers and there's this track of people singing, we'll meet again. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can kind of see shadows moving in the rovers which means we're supposed to think that this track 
of of singers is coming from the rovers that everybody in the rovers is singing instead of just giving Rita a chance to just stand up and sing, which is what we really all want. I don't want that at all. I do. <laughs> I don't know. I just... Ken turning into the Union Jack. That's got to be it. All right. That's our... Boring moment of the week. A boring <laughs> moment of the week. I forgot to do an outro again. Does it count as forgetting if this is like the fourth week on the bounce that I've forgotten to do it? Or is this just no, absolute just negligence laziness. or laziness, right? If you've... If um, you've ever slowly turned into a Union Jack <laughs> while sitting, talking about the, the good old days that you could barely remember because you were just a child in nappies at the time. Drop us a line and tell us about it. We are the talk of the street at gmail.com on email, which is also how you can leave a voicemail on Skype or send us some ploppings for our virtual tip jar on PayPal if you are so inclined. We are at Cory Podcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and please 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 if you have some time and you want to leave us a review you can do so on iTunes or your podcast provider of choice that would be much appreciated Mm -hmm. thanks for making it to the end of another episode we will be back next week with more Talk of the Street Cheerio